Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on on earth peace to people of goodwill. We We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as their Creator and Guide, you may restore what you have created and keep safe what you have restored. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, O come to the water, all you who are thirsty. Though you have no money, come. Buy corn without money and eat, and at no cost, wine and milk. Why spend money on what is not bread, your wages and what fails to satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and you will have good things to eat and rich food to enjoy. Pay attention, come to me, listen and your soul will live. With you, I will make an everlasting covenant out of the favours promised to David. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The Lord is kind and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in love. How good is the Lord to all, compassionate to all his creatures. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The eyes of all creatures look to you, and you give them their food in due time. You open wide your hand, grant the desires of all who live. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The Lord is just in all his ways, 
and loving in all his deeds. He is close to all who call him, who call on him from their hearts. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. A reading from the letter to the Romans. Nothing can come between us and the love of Christ, even if we are troubled or worried or being persecuted or lacking food or clothes or being threatened or even attacked. These are the trials through which we triumph by the power of him who loved us. For I am certain of this, neither death nor life, no angel, no prince, nothing that exists, nothing still to come, not any power or height or depth or any created thing can ever come between us and the love of God made visible in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. No one lives on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus received the news of John the Baptist's death, he withdrew by boat to a lonely place where they could be by themselves. But the people heard of this, and leaving their towns, went after him on foot. So, as he stepped ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he took pity on them and healed their sick. When evening came, the disciples went to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the time has slipped by, so send the people away, and they can go to the villagers to buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, There is no need for them to go. Give them something to eat yourselves. But they answered, All we have with us is five loaves and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said. He gave orders that the people were to sit down on the grass. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, raised his eyes to heaven and said the blessing. And breaking the loaves, handed them to his disciples who gave them to the crowds. They all ate as much as they wanted, and they collected the scraps remaining, twelve baskets full. Those who ate numbered about 5,000 men, to say nothing of women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the feeding of the 5,000 is actually, um, it's the only miracle that Jesus performs that appears in all four Gospels. So, you know, it's, it's very well known. But before we dive into the ins and outs of the multiplication of the loaves and fish, um, let's just take a moment to consider what leads up to this miracle. Listen again. When Jesus received the news of John the Baptist's death, he withdrew by boat to a lonely place where they could be by themselves. Just take that in for a second. John the Baptist, Jesus' relative, his friend, his precursor, the one who pointed to him, the one who started his public ministry that, that Jesus really you know, took and ran with, has been murdered. You know, he didn't die in his sleep, have a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. He had his head cut off by the most powerful man in the region, by, by Herod the Tetrarch. And, and cut off for what? For telling the truth, for being a prophet. Now, that's 
pretty traumatic. And, you know, surely Jesus feels next in line? Is it any wonder that he wanted to go to a lonely place, to withdraw and to be with his closest companions? But, says Matthew, the people heard that he was going to this lonely place and leaving the towns, they went after him on foot, so that as Jesus stepped ashore, he saw a large crowd. So, if you're Jesus, how do you react to that? You're off to spend a bit of quiet time with your friends because your mate's been murdered and you want to grieve and you want to pray. But here comes this crowd. How would you react if you were in Jesus' shoes? I don't even like my dinner interrupted. If it was me, I'm pretty sure I'd tell them all to tell their story walking, because this is some me time. And I know, to be perfectly honest, I reckon the crowd would probably be pretty understanding. Hey, look, guys, um, you know, I'm just going to take a little time out to think and pray and grieve. And surely no one would begrudge Jesus that time out. And yet Matthew tells us that Jesus looks at them and takes pity on them and, and then sets about healing the sick. Jesus, in this moment, shows himself to be pretty patient, you know, willing to sacrifice his own plan, his own will. Uh, and he shows himself to be extraordinarily compassionate. And so I think it's important to pause and just point to that reality that, that Jesus has such an incredible love for the people. So he sets about healing their sick, uh, and I presume, you know, probably teaching a little bit in the midst of all of it, and the, and the day gets away from them, and it gets late. And so the disciples, of course, they come to him and say, look, you know, time slipped away, send them home. Let them go get some food for themselves. Now, if you were Jesus, how would you respond to that request? I think I'd be grabbing at it with both hands. Yes, thank God the day is over. Send them home, get some food, and I can finally take some rest. I can finally get some of that alone time that I've been looking for. Some of that time that had been taken from me already by this blasted crowd. No, instead Jesus seems to get just that tiny little bit indignant at the suggestion that the crowd should be dispersed, should be sent away. No, they've been drawn to this lonely place to be with Jesus. And he doesn't want them to go anywhere. He wants them to stay with him. Now, I think this is quite revealing, right? Because Jesus, up until this point, has been spending his time healing the crowd. Getting rid of your sickness, getting rid of your paralysis, getting rid of blindness, leprosy, all of that sort of stuff that will restore them. But it's not that Jesus just wants them to be healthy again and then go on their merry way. No, he wants them to remain. And so he will not only restore, he will now nourish. It tells us something about what Jesus has come to do. right? Okay, so famously, the miracle goes on. Give them something to eat yourselves, he says to the disciples. 
And then they come with five loaves and two fish. And taking it in his hands, I think this becomes really important. He takes it, blesses it, breaks it, and tells the disciples to give it to the crowd. That order is Eucharistic. I mean, when you hear the gospel proclaimed at Mass or read out aloud, those words really stand out to us because they're so familiar. He takes it, blesses it, breaks it, gives it to his disciples. And it fits, of course, with the rite of the Mass. You know, we've got the offertory, then we've got the consecration, then we've got the Lamb of God when when the sacred host is fractured, and then we've got the distribution of Holy Communion that once again Jesus has taken Blessed, broken, and given. It's exactly the order that happens at the Last Supper. That moment when Jesus says, This is my body, which is given up for you. Now, I put it to you that the miracle of the loaves and the fish, because it's got such a strong Eucharistic overtone, has also got this language of sacrifice contained in it. At the very introduction, when Jesus wants to go to a lonely place to be by himself and to be with his disciples, and the crowd impose upon him, he has compassion on them, and he sacrifices his will. Now this multiplication of the loaves and the fish is pointing to a new sacrifice of his own will. That moment when Jesus will hand his own body over for the sake of his people. Take this, this is my body, which is given for you. So here's the thing, right? Jesus wasn't simply content to heal the crowd. He wants to nourish the crowd so that they don't have to go away, so that they can remain with him. Now when we look at this feeding of the 5,000 as a kind of prophetic act that points beyond itself, We can see that once again, in Jesus' suffering, death and resurrection, he doesn't simply want to heal the crowds and then move on. He doesn't want the crowd to go away from him. He wants to stay with them, and he wants them to stay with him. And here we see the logic of the Eucharist. And maybe a little bit why Jesus gets just that tiny bit grumpy with the disciples at the suggestion that the crowd should go. No, the crowd needs to stay. The crowd needs to be with me. The crowd needs to be in me. Now at this point, just consider the heart of Jesus and his great desire to give of himself for the sake of the others. Because the fact is, is that's us. He doesn't want us to disperse. He wants to remain with us. And he's willing to sacrifice his own time and his own life to bring us communion with him. Now, a shout out to the poor Victorians who are going into further lockdowns, it seems. Um, You guys can't get to Mass today. And there are going to be a bunch of other people who are, you know, in the vulnerable category who who aren't really free to, to go around who aren't really free to go outside just yet, and there are probably also a bunch of people who are on quarantine coming from overseas or moving into state, 
that are kind of stranded at home. Take refuge in Jesus' heart. He's the one who longs to remain with us and to draw us to himself. So, you know, in a few moments, make that act of spiritual communion. Make that act of spiritual communion truly inviting, truly seeking refuge in the heart of Jesus who longs to give you himself. For the rest of us who are going to, you know, participate in Mass and receive Holy Communion, let's present to Jesus at Mass those who are stuck at home. And let's all approach Christ together. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, 
joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.